What up, home diggity dog? We in the house tonight? I, I literally am. Well, I'm literally not in that I'm not in a house, but I am back home. Okay. Yes, back on my current... I, I don't know, I always... How, how do you treat that phrasing? Like, when, when do you call things home versus not home? With regard to where you currently are versus, like, Minnesota? Uh, uh, it depends who I'm talking to. <laughs> um, like, if I'm talking to someone who doesn't know me from when, like, the area that we grew up in was my home, then I just refer to, like, where I currently live as home. <laughs> it gets more complicated when I'm talking to people who knew me from, like, you know, back in the day. Yeah. I typically, I'm trying to think through, I think typically I'll refer to where I am as home and like where we grew up as like where we grew up. Okay. Maybe with like talking to my mom and dad all, but no, not even really. I try to avoid that just because it gets confusing. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah, Because I feel like for me, the, uh, like I don't hold it quite, it's, it's not quite this strict, but in my head, and maybe this was more true a couple of years ago when I was in San Diego, but I think a lot of times it was, if I was currently in San Diego, then when I talked about home, I typically meant Minnesota. And if mm. I was in Minnesota and I talked about home, I typically meant San Diego. <laughs> That's funny. But I think it was probably overall referring to home more frequently for the first while meant Minnesota. Part of that being that for a long time, my home label in Google Maps was still uh, Minnesota. Like there's like a default. There there are like labels that you can set, but the two default ones are home and work. Mm-hmm. And work was, of course, work. It was where my office was. But home was always Minnesota. And then I created a custom label called my apartment. That was my apartment. Mm-hmm. And since then, I have actually switched home to be my current apartment in San Francisco. Mm. And so I, I think that it's more clear in my head. And and I think the other thing is, I, if I remember, your parents moved sometime in the last while, right? Yeah, that's also a factor in it. Yeah, so, so, it, so once my parents like, move, probably next year, I think that it'll be a much cleaner break. <laughs> yeah. I'm noticing that I often refer to where they live now as like, I'll refer to it as like the city that they live in. Mm, yep. Like, that makes sense. oh yeah, are you going to be in blankety blank blank blank? Mm-hmm. Or I'm coming back to blankety blank 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 this weekend. Or, yeah. You know. That makes sense. Yeah. Because with my, with Erin, her parents, you know, it's not like it's home because they moved there like as she was starting grad school. But it's a farm, mm-hmm. and so it's really easy to just call it the farm. The farm, and, and that's so Midwest. It is, but it's a very clean nickname, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't have that for my parents' house. I could call it the townhouse, but that doesn't have quite the same uh, fun ring to it as the farm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, Do you mind if I segue to something that's completely unrelated to this line of thought? Sure. So, you know those, like, cans of air that you can use to, like, spray crap out of stuff? Yes, compressed air. Yeah, I guess, yeah, compressed air, air in a can, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dust be are gone. Those, like, 
Are those like fire extinguishers where like they keep real well until you like open them a little bit? So like if I have an unopened one, should I not just like F around with it and just like spray a little bit here or there? Obviously not on the podcast, but... I'm pretty sure the whole point of them is that it's more like a can of WD-40. Like I don't think the point is to use the entire can in one go. Okay. It is so meant can, to like... be... It's it's more like an aerosol can. Like it'd be yeah, wild if you... Like bug spray. Yeah, yeah. I think it's much okay. more like that. I mean, you can pro- the internet can probably tell you for sure. I've never actually used one, but it is my understanding that they are meant to sit around for a while because you use it once to clean some gunk out of your keyboard or something, and then you let it sit mm-hmm. until the next time you decide to use it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. Good question. Nice. I think the fire extinguisher does it that way for more like almost like safety in a sense. Yeah, that's true. You know, it's well. like it'll just keep going because you can't have enough extinguishing of the fire and then you know that you need to get it taken care of afterward. Yeah, yeah. Also like the, okay. Yeah, now the more I think about it, it makes sense because like the way they're pressurized is very different as well. Yeah. And stuff. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Because I, I got I got one of, these, one of these cans sitting around. I came into possession of one at some point in my life here. Mm-hmm. Uh and it just is always one of those things where it's like, yo, I really, like, I've never sprayed this before, but I really want to. Yeah. But, like, I also don't want to just, like, waste it because it's something that's also useful, but I'll never buy again from myself. Yeah. I, I feel like I should have bought one at, at any point in the last four years and just never did. Yeah. Because the main reason that I would use one is to, like, clean my computers. Mm-hmm. the that's, fans or the keyboards or whatever but i just haven't actually done it yeah that's why i came into possession of one as well okay. well we've talked about my my computer cleaning needs uh yes we did along with computer cleaning needs oh uh thoughts on like methods of cleaning a keyboard like the keyboard on my laptop on my like macbook is like like the freaking... surface or the internals the sur- so like not the keycaps, uh-huh. but like the I don't know, just like below back- the keycaps. Yeah, like because it's yeah, like that's all what I metal. mean by the internals. So There's- not like on the inside of the computer. Like if you well, I if know, you look at the com- in terms okay. of the keyboard as an item, it is internal to the keyboard, and that it's beneath the surface, which I consider the keycaps. In another case, we we both we're both talking about the same thing. Apple very helpfully has a very funny support page. Uh, which probably oh, doesn't, they fish, they first created the support page when they changed the keyboard that they've had. I mean, they've since changed the keyboard to another version, but for like three or four years, they had this version of the keyboard where the keys were basically entirely flush to each other. Mm-hmm. But, but that basically meant that unlike your keyboard, if something gets in there, it's not coming out without a lot of effort, right? Mm-hmm. And so they had a very specific support page to try and help people, which was basically, <laughs> it was hold the keyboard or hold the computer and thus the keyboard at precisely 75 degrees. Mm. And then I, I think it was some mixture of shaking and compressed air. Maybe it was just compressed <laughs> air. I don't remember. But uh, mm-hmm. so I would say you tilt it at a bit more than 45 degrees and start blasting it with compressed air, a key or two at a time. I think that's really the only approach to cleaning beneath a keyboard like that. Because I don't think mm-hmm. you can just like remove the keycaps very nicely. I think you probably technically can, but it might be problematic. <sighs> so that's I what I got for you. a fun project, but we'll, we'll figure it out someday. 
Yep. Someday. Someday. So I'll give you a, an update since we're just we're just hopping from topic to topic. Hit me, Papio. Uh, the week that I was in Minnesota and Erin was still here, she finally embarked on replacing the cabinet poles or the cabinet handles, which I told you about a long time ago. Yes. Oh, this is going to be good. And so Erin did not finish them. She just got a few done because it's long and tedious to do. But I did more during lunch today. And it's really coming along. It really does actually make a very nice difference. I don't have a picture to send you right now because I did not take one. But they are going from the really just the most boring mm-hmm. kind of cylindrical silvery metal kind to now they are black and the cross section is of a square. So they're like this nice chunky blocky black ones that just make everything look a little bit more refined. Mm-hmm. if you will so so that's been cool i i sometimes look luckily it came with their own screws that are the, the heads of the screws that it came with are just a little bit bigger than the screws that hold in the current ones mm-hmm. and so by default i'm still just using the same screws that are already in there so we don't have to worry about it too much but sometimes because these cabinets have been around for a while, you'll come across screws that have clearly just been like, were either tightened way too far in the first place, or have slowly needed to be retightened as the head of the screw buries itself into the tag board that is the cabinet, um, the actual doors, uh, slowly and surely. So that the head is like slowly getting embedded in the wood. Mm-hmm. which then makes replacing it sometimes hard because you don't want to, like, you try and tighten it down, it looks like it's fully tightened, but then it's the handle's still a little loose, and you keep going, and you just start seeing the head of the screw embed itself into the wood more and more, and you're like, oh, man, I really don't mm-hmm. want to ruin this thing. Uh, yeah. But then when the couple times that that's happened to a really bad extent, I just pull out one of the new shiny screws with a larger head that doesn't mm-hmm. sink into the current hole that the previous head was, because it's bigger. Mm-hmm. So that's been nice. Nice. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll try and remember to send you a picture, either after this or sometime in the next week. <laughs> I will thoroughly look forward to it. Maybe a little before and after. I'll just show you some of the cabinets and drawers that have the current handles, or the old handles, and then the new ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, okay, so, as, as promised, prior to the uh, us recording i will tell you how my drive went and i'm going to tell you how my drive went in the same way that i told aaron after the first night where i sent her three pictures and i said here's a summary of my day in three pictures okay okay are you ready for picture number one is do i have any chance of guessing what the pictures are going to be of like before i send them yes like do you think i could guess or do you think i would never i don't know go for it try and guess what this first picture is going to be i guess <laughs> i'm gonna go with no cows cows okay would you like to know what my route was first that might be how oh did you go through the dakotas yeah i went through south dakota i took i-90 ah. through south dakota and then went down through wyoming from there through Casper, and then stayed in Rollins, Wyoming, specifically. Okay, maybe I'm going to go with Michael Jackson. Because, you know, bad, like the Badlands. 
Hmm. Okay. I'm going to take wrong. that, that that was a swing and a miss. <laughs> okay. That's okay. I'm sending you the first picture. Oh, Marky Mark is typing. Oh, new photo. Oh, it's opening. Oh, oh there's... Oh, Frisbee golf. Yes. So... Uh, dang it. When I was planning this trip, initially this wasn't even on my radar. Um, on the way back, at least. Because I was, well, I'm only doing it in two days. So there's lots of driving involved. And also, the day before I left, or the night before I left, there's a big bonfire at Aaron's place at the farm with a bunch mm-hmm. of our friends and stuff. And that was super fun. Uh, but it was like, well, I knew that I was going to have to leave before everyone, before a lot of other people did, because I needed to get up early regardless. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of planning in my head, well, if I leave by like six or seven, it's a 14 to 15 hour drive with the time zone change. So. If I leave by 6 or 7, I'll get there by, like, 8 or 9 local time, which seemed pretty okay. Mm-hmm. But then, on a whim, I, I kind of looked at my route, and I said, well, let me pull up my app where I find all my disc golf courses, and let me just scan the map in case there's a really good course. And sure enough, in the middle of nowhere, well, not in the middle of nowhere, but, you know, all of a sudden, uh, the way so the way that this app works, let me back up a step, is every course you can rate uh, five stars or on a scale of five stars. Mm-hmm. And the way that it shows up on the map is actually really clever where every location of a course is a little disc golf basket pin. And the size and opacity of that basket tells you how well rated the course is. Mm-hmm. So if you look at any part of the country, you'll see lots and lots of these like small gray baskets littering everywhere like oh it's you know some small little course at a middle school or something mm-hmm. um and it's not rated super highly because like yeah it's a course but it's not really fun you could it's mm-hmm. just a place to go play but all yeah. of a sudden like a beacon uh <laughs> is this oh my gosh is it's rated like 4.7 stars or something like that and this is spearfish canyon disc golf course and it is just a it's a 27-hole course in the middle of the Black Hills. Uh, really well done. All the tee pads, it was kind of clever. Mm. It are They're turf tee pads, but they're taken from a football field. You can tell because you can mm. see like the yard lines and, and measurements and stuff. Upcycled. Exactly. Uh, and it was just super fun. And so I, I decided, no, I'm, I want to play this course, or at least some of it. So let me leave earlier in the morning so that I have time to stop here for a couple hours. So I ended up leaving, I was planning on waking up around 4, I ended up waking around 3.30 in the morning, and left around 3.45. Mm-hmm. Made it to this course around 11.30 in the morning, and started playing. When I got to around hole 9, I caught up to a couple of guys who were playing, and they informed me that it was also their first time there, and they were from Clearwater, Minnesota. Yeah, <laughs> and so we world. played the rest of the course together, and that was really fun. Fun. Yeah, it, w- it was. And, like, we managed to play the entire course in about two and a half hours. So I got back on the road around two o'clock or so and kept making good time. Mm-hmm. So that was really fun. I was really happy that I did that. It's a really fun, like, thing to keep in mind it, the more I do road trips of just keeping an eye out for that because it's mm-hmm. a really good excuse to get out of the car for a little bit <laughs> mm-hmm. versus when I 
you know, if I don't make any sort of plan like that, the most I do is, you know, walk into a gas station and walk back out. Yeah. So, so it was nice. It was fun to do. Uh, so that is picture number one. Are you ready for picture number two? Yes, I am. You can bet your britches. Picture number two is the most important picture for the story. It's what I actually wanted to talk about. So do you have a guess as to what it is? This is all, all these pictures are from the same day, from Saturday. Not at all, judging by picture one. I'm going to be way off. I'm okay. gonna, it's going to be a salmon. A salmon? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to say if there's even water related to the picture, I win. Okay. <laughs> oh, that means I lose. Friggity frack. You know, gu- guessing water? No, I win. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Would you like to describe the picture to the audience? <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm going to guess this is uh, Marky Mark's uh, Golden Stallion. And by Golden Stallion, I mean... White Honda Civic. <laughs> yeah, White Honda Civic uh, off on a lift with a presumably mechanic standing under it, looking at it in a vaguely perplexed manner. Yep. So let me tell you what happened here. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Please tell me you didn't have your oil changed again. Uh, No, I don't even have a skid plate, so that's not something to worry about. Well, except for the fact that I don't have a skid plate. That is something to worry about. That, that'll that come up in the story. Don't worry. Oh, God. Uh, so I was driving along, and you may know if you've ever driven across Wyoming, whether I mean you, Grant, or you, the listener, uh, the plains of Wyoming are well known for having high winds. Uh, in fact, it was kind of funny. I was reading the uh, the welcome book in my Airbnb that I stayed in Wyoming, and it specifically said, yeah, we don't have any like outdoor furniture because the high winds here make it basically impossible. Uh, so that was funny. Anyway, I'm driving across, you know, I'm going like 80 miles an hour, and that's like the speed limit. So I'm, you know, I, I don't really go over 80. And uh, the entire time there's a, there's a consistent crosswind and... Every once in a while, a freeway sign tells me that there are gusts of upwards of 40 miles an hour in the area. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so I'm driving along, happy as a clam, and all of a sudden I start hearing this like <sighs> kind of sound. Like this like is like a pla- – I could tell that it was plastic. That much was obvious, that it wasn't like a metal mm-hmm. scraping sound. And again, I don't have a skid plate, so again, not, wasn't a concern about the skid plate specifically. But there's clearly something else making this rattling noise underneath the car, kind of in the front right part is what I could tell. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't getting worse. It was actually sort of intermittent, which made me feel almost less worried that it wasn't like a super consistent, loud, obnoxious thing that was getting worse. So, you know, I just kind of kept with my plan. I was going to stop at that point in about an hour for gas. And so I just, you know, I just go on my way. I stop for gas. Everything's still fine at all speeds. And actually, once I get off the freeway, the sound completely is gone. So I, I stop and get gas. It's probably around 3, 3.15, I think, when I get gas. Uh, and I, I get my gas. I look underneath because the two things that are on my mind are what's making that noise and do I have an oil leak? Uh, <laughs> because whatever tore something up underneath could have also potentially caused an issue with, you know, hit hit where the oil happens, Right. Cause an issue. Hit where the oil happens. So what I learned, or what I saw, rather, was a long piece of plastic that runs the width of the car and was probably about a foot and a half to two feet um, long front to back, let's say. It kind of sat just around where the tires sat. 
and it was loose on both the left and right side. Like it was just hanging there like wings beneath the car. So I said, well, for liftoff. so that's clearly what happened. It was uh, a gust of wind came, somehow got underneath that piece of plastic, which I think is called an undershield. All it does is just make it so that the bottom of your car is not a bunch of jagged metallic parts. It's just to give you a smooth bottom beneath the engine. Like That's all it does. <laughs> what? <laughs> smooth bottom. <laughs> You know what I mean. It's for aerodynamics. That's it, right? Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, aerodynamics. Yeah. And so, but it was, it had been ripped off on either side, presumably because of a crosswind that snuck in there. Uh, and so I see that, and I also see a lot of drippage underneath the car after I filled up uh -oh. my gas. So I'm You don't very want worried. drippage coming from your smooth bottom. So I'm very worried about an oil leak in addition to this plastic thing. And so I look around for some sort of auto shop that I can go to. I, I look it up because I'm in just some random town in Wyoming. Like it was a bigger town it, for, for, as far as Wyoming is concerned. I was lucky there. Mm -hmm. And also because it's just off the interstate, there's lots and lots of auto shops. It turns out for whatever reason, like 75% of the auto shops in the area close at noon. So most of them weren't even open. Wait, what? Yes, because... I don't know why. I, I, I don't know what to tell you. That was the situation. So many of them were closed. Mm -hmm. So I go to I go to the Wally World Walmart Auto Center as a first, because I was like, well, they're going to be open, right? And they were. And I walk in and I say, hey, here's the situation with my car. Can someone take a look at it? Because I just, I just want to know if, like, I don't even necessarily need a fix. I, I want to know if something needs to be fixed. I want someone to tell me am i leaking oil in which case i'll just adjust my plans accordingly and basically be like i probably just need to stay here tonight right mm -hmm. if i have an oil leak and someone help me assess the issue with this plastic part if i'm fine to just keep going and they say well we can have someone take a look but it's going to be about an hour because we only have one person in and they're they have a, a backup on cars to look at mm-hmm say great cool i'll go find somewhere else to go then you know i guess i'll end up back here if i need to and so i go off to some other it's like a minute away i go up and to a new place and i say hey here's the situation in my car there's this plastic thing that's that's loose and it's rattling and i think i might have an oil leak can someone please take a look at my car and the person at the counter says well i would love to be able to help you but all of our all of our mechanics leave at noon and so we only have people here who know how to like basically replace tires because mm. a lot of these places are mainly tire shops that yeah. also moonlight in uh auto body work when they need to is what i've gathered so all their mechanics had gone for the day and they only had someone who could look at tires and i was like well and they didn't seem willing to uh give it a look it's like i feel like someone who looks at who at least works on tires all day could probably still help me figure out whether there's an oil leak like just pull my car in and look underneath it i can't see underneath to see where the drippage is coming from you know yeah uh and they say basically no but try this other place i think it was called like big o tires or something like that oh, or just yeah. big o's or something like that uh-huh and i say cool so i go over to big o's <laughs> and i walk in and i 
walk up to the front, give him the same spiel with the addition of, I've already been to two places already and neither of them would look at my car or could look at my car. Do you have anyone who can look at my car? And they say, well, I'm sorry to tell you, but we also don't have any mechanics here. They don't even work on Saturdays. And I was like, what is this part of Wyoming where the mechanics get as good of hours as bankers? Like, what the heck? Uh, <laughs> so, mm. uh, so they say, but <laughs> how about just half a mile down the road on your left is Tyrama. You can just try there. <laughs> I was like, wow, a place called Tyrama. I'm sure they have a mechanic on board when all these other places that are called auto service centers only have tire people. But sure, I'll go give yeah. them a shot. I check online. It's 345 at this time. It's taken me half an hour to like get gas and go drive between these places and give them my sob story. And I check it. I check my clock or I check, I check online. Um, tire Rama closes at four. Oh, freaking great. Right. So I head over there. I get there around 350. I go inside. There's some guy who uh, looks really funny. He's like this older guy with quite a mustache on him. He's, he's kind of the, the front man and he's talking with some other guy about his tires. And so I have to sit there and wait for like two or three minutes. And then finally he's like, Hey, what can I help you with? And I give him my spiel and I, and I, I think, it, I think I may have said something like you are my last chance or something like that. I don't think I said exactly that, but that was the sentiment mm-hmm. that I had was I've been to three other places. Now you are the last line of defense for me. You know, yeah. can someone look at my car? And I said, no, nobody had mechanics. And he said, well, we don't have any mechanics here either. But like, yeah, sure. We can pull you in and just look. And I was like, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Why was this so hard? So sure enough, I pull into this big open garage. And this guy that you see in the picture, Demon was his name. Hey, uh, yeah. Uh, he was like, yeah, I'm also just a tire guy. But yeah, I'll look at your car. He has me pull it into this big hydraulic lift, lifts it up, uh, First important note was he confirmed no oil leak. It was just the like condensation that leaks out of your engine, mm-hmm. you know. So that like that was fine. That that already made me happy. And then he said, "Yeah, you can kind of see how this undershield was put on, or how it's how it's supposed to stay on. It's just basically these plastic button caps, yep. and that's it. And so of course the wind ripped it off eventually." And so he said, but I, but I got a solution. And so as he's under that lift, he just pulls out a bunch of zip ties and zip ties him back to get, <laughs> zip yeah. ties through the holes, uh, to keep it back Heck in place. And yes. he's like, yeah, this is, this will probably hold better than those caps probably ever would. So, you know, there you go. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Yeah. It was great. Uh, so then I was back on the road. Nice. Like everything was fine. I was very happy. Uh, I did send my dad this picture before I knew that everything was okay uh, and said, I think I just sent him the picture and said, hopefully this will be a funny story later today. <laughs> oh, just trying to freak out your father. Way to go. He's, he's cool as a cucumber, but I did also include in the text. Don't tell mom. <laughs> 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 so that, that was my, that was my car fiasco story. Nice. Luckily not a fiasco, just a mild inconvenience and very stressful um, the other thing that I would like to point out is the day before my sisters, as lovely as they are, burned through all of our data for the month and we had like oh. 10 days left at the time. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, we were, my dad and I were kind of going back and forth, whether it was worth him buying an extra gig of data and telling my sisters to lay off it so that I could have data on my drive home, like fast mm-hmm. data, not like garbage data. That's super inconsistent. 
And so luckily we said yes. Otherwise, I would have had a really tough time trying to find auto shops to go to. <laughs> mm-hmm. So turns out the data ran out on Sunday morning, but that ended up not being too much of a factor. Okay, final picture. Final picture will be a fast one. Um, do you have a guess? Graveyard. Ooh, close. No, I'm not. No, not really. I mean, it, it, maybe. I don't know. Are there are there dead bodies or rocks in it? There you go. Oh, you know what? I'll take that. I'll take that as a win. Yeah, That's so enough. like an, an hour outside of Rollins, there was this lovely sunset on the freeway that I was driving on. Uh-huh. And I was thinking, man, how, how can I get a picture of this? And I sort of, after 10 seconds of thought, resigned myself to, I'm just going to enjoy the sunset, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And like 30 seconds after I had that thought, like that very specific thought in my head of, I'm not going to take a picture of this. I'm just going to enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> there was just a sign on the road that says, half mile photo turnout. <laughs> yeah, you freaking trash millennial always pulling off this is the thing. picture of the sunset. This uh-huh. was a super backwater freeway like or it wasn't even a freeway it was more like a u.s state highway that wasn't even the one that i was supposed to be on but after my whole debacle with my car i ended up on like the wrong side of town and that's where it directed me to Mm -hmm. and so i was just on this random highway a single lane highway and this was the only sign for a photo turnout i saw in like two hours on that highway (laughs) and so i have no idea why it's even there but it was it was just very nice so i was like well that seems uh reasonable to do so i pulled off and, and took a few pictures of this lovely sunset Mm-hmm. so there you go nice for all those of you who don't like long introductions too bad <laughs> yeah i was gonna say homeboy but especially once you said i, I don't want to like uh throw you under the bus or anything but okay. given your your current medical status uh, no, prior whoa, to recording whoa, whoa. i was i was prepared to carry this part of the show with my to re- regaling you with tales of my trip. Okay, that makes it sound like I have like appendicitis or something. Like I had a real bad headache, but then I took some of them good drugs, and now I'm doing great. Mm-hmm. Don't don't go making it sound like I got like. Ser- well, okay, that I was gonna say. Don't make it go. Don't go making it sound like I have serious issues. But we all know that's the case anyway. So Grant has brought. Fred Bassett by Alex Graham. Yeah, I did. Uh, first frame, we have Fred Bassett, the Bassett Hound, looking on to uh, uh, one of his owners, uh, a man dressed in a kind looks almost like a, a casual dress shirt, if you will, with a with a tie, and he is swishing a glass of wine, um, holding it not quite as daintily as I would expect a wine swisher to. A hold. He's kind of almost holding the. He's almost holding the the base, but he's. It looks like a very awkward way to hold it. But he is. He's switching the swishing the wine around, smelling it, and saying to himself, "Hmm, a very fine year. A slight oaky taste, but with a delightful flowery bouquet." And Fred Bassett, the Bassett Hound, kind of raises his eyebrows and thinks to himself, "What a load of cod swallop." And we zoom out, and the man is now enjoying his wine very enthusiastically as his wife looks on with her own glass of wine and what looks like a now empty bottle of wine. And I can't quite tell if she's rolling her eyes or not. Uh, But Fred Bassett continues to think to himself, it's only his homemade dandelion wine. Nice. Yeah. 
So I got I got two two lines to go from here, which maybe we nah we'll we'll have time for both of them. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it seems like you doubt me, buddy. Uh anyway, I'll I'll start by introducing the second line so you can think about it if you need time. And then I'll segue back to the first line, which is just my own personal rant. Okay. Um that I don't really like if you want to provide input on the first line like you can I'll let you, but, I'll let you grandstand that's fine okay so the second one that i'm gonna eventually get to is like do you just got anything you want to whine about or like huh. do you like whining just like talk about whining like does it play any value in your, your life or if you got something you want to whine about right now go for it uh like if you want to whine about like people's names like anything or like cars or whatever you just go for it anyway other thing i want to whine about not not whine about. I just need to. I need to make a statement. Uh, there needs to be like more like decent boxed wine available in the world because it's just the far superior uh, like delivery method of like I don't want to say cheap, but like not fancy floofy wine. Because bottles of wine suck. No offense. Like it's a tear. Like it's a better. I don't want to say archival storage method. Like, it's a great archival method, uh, but... Storage and delivery method. Yeah, it's just... it's Yeah, it's a good storage method, but it's a, like... It's just, like... Like, knocking futz that people use that as, a, like, a delivery method. Mm-hmm. You know? Because unless you're about to, like, drink a whole bottle of wine, like, it's a waste. Uh, so there needs to be more boxed wine and that is a hill I will die on. Probably not actually. I don't really care that much, but I was just thinking about it the other day and yeah. Hmm. So you got any things you want to, things you want to rant on? Been, hmm. been angered by anyone? Been angered by a man named Doris or Sylvester? Boy or named Sue. Boy named Sue. Trying to think. If I've been worked up about anything in particular recently. Or you want to get worked up now like, about something? I don't want to say that nothing comes to mind. Like, I'm really trying hard to come up with something. Uh-huh. Nothing's, like, coming to mind. Honestly. Okay. Um, do, you ever, do you ever feel like you just need to whine about something? Yeah, I think so. I think sometimes you just gotta have a little complaining session mm-hmm. about certain things, but in my mind, I don't do that too often. That may not be true, but that's how it goes. Aaron? Uh, Confirm? Do you uh, concur? What I will say is that this is more a we- an observation. Uh oh. I've been using my old phone, which has oh. a, a bit of crackage on the corners of the screen. Mm-mm. Uh, so it's not like I don't necessarily want to use it all the time, but it, for the most part, it's safe, I think. Uh, <laughs> but I've been using it as a work phone. What annoys me is I don't want to have to use it as my work phone. I would like to be able to use my regular phone as my, like, everything phone mm-hmm. and and be able to sort of siphon off work, like, or siphon work, filter it away during certain hours of the day, right? Mm-hmm. But I can't because there's kind of two fundamental reasons. One fundamental reason, to access my work email... The only reasonable way to do that is to uh, have my work email, which is a Google account, signed mm-hmm. in on my phone. And then 
any email that's signed in on your phone is automatically populated into the Gmail app, no matter what. Yep. So there's no way for me to say, hey, I want to have this email in this other app and not in Gmail, or vice versa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even worse, I could maybe figure out how to make it work, but there's no email app that I can find that does anything close to what Gmail does in terms of sorting and filtering email really nicely. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if Gmail is just very different than all other email apps, but I'm so used to it that, I, that any other dramatic paradigm change, whether it's like how conversations are shown, like I think some email apps show conversations, maybe Apple Mail does this, I feel like, show conversations in what I consider to be the opposite order. The newest, the newest message is always on the top, of an email chain in some email apps versus in Gmail, mm. it's always at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And I like I, I can't wrap my head around that. So yeah, that's what I got for you. I want I want to be able to separate work stuff, but it's very valuable for me to have work stuff on a phone or on yeah. my phone during work hours. Of like, I'm gonna go for a quick walk around the block or something, but I still like to see if something important is gonna happen. Yeah. Um. Or if I'm just, like, out and about working, you know, somewhere else. But, yeah, it's, so it's just frustrating. Mm-hmm. And having, like, a separate work phone is not really that useful because, like, I'm not going to pay for another data plan. So it's really just a phone that has all these work-specific notifications. Yeah. Which is not bad. I'm still just kind of figuring out what I want to do with it. But it's trying to figure it out. But it's been yeah. problematic so far. Mm-hmm. So that's what yeah, I got. It sounds like a, it sounds like a tricky... A, a tricky problem. Yeah. I can certainly, I can definitely see how having a like device with some sort of like firewall between like life and work yep. at certain hours is very important. And Android like has this capability, but only if it's like a company managed device. Like you can do that sort of stuff, but not mm. just like as a regular consumer. So I don't, I don't know. Maybe someday That's they'll have dumb. better ways to do that, but. Right now, it's very annoying. Well, speaking of... I don't know if you meant to do this, but speaking of... I did it, but I did just realize, yes. <laughs> of of work and uh, Gmail app specifically. Today, we got The Adventures of Business Cat by uh, Tom Fonder. And the scene opens up on a, on a electronic device. The Gmail app front and center with 3,678 messages, unread messages, populating the little notification bubble on said Gmail app. Scene quickly cuts to professional-looking blonde person sitting in front of computer, staring at it, uh, I don't want to say completely blankly, but somewhat blankly. And then suddenly the scene cuts back to the device screen now, Presumably, uh, Gmail is open. To me, it looks like a browser version of Gmail is open. No longer an app, uh, but we won't nitpick that. And there's a series of emails, all marked as, I believe, uh, important, coming from Business Cat. The subject lines, in descending order, all of these emails from a span of, it looks like, five minutes, are... 
food, period? Food time, period? Time for food, period? Hey, nude food, period? Need food, period? Hello? Question mark? Food, please, period? <laughs> oh, hey, period, need food, period. Sorry, I got to yes. segue back to that one. Uh, can I ask you a few questions quick, Mark? I don't want to mm-hmm. steal all your time. But first question is, do you think I have more or fewer unopened emails uh, <laughs> attached to my Gmail app? I'm also just noticing this is an old Gmail app. Um, second question is, uh, do you ever put punctuation like periods in your subject lines? So, uh, first question, I'm going to say fewer, but not by many. Okay. Can you tell me the answer? Uh, do you want to know the answer? Of course I want to know. I want to know how much I'm wrong by. Oh, you're way off. Yeah. I, I have more by uh, almost a factor of two. I mean, not nice. I don't approve, but Horrible. whatever. Whatever. Uh, let's see. Do I use punctuation in subject lines? That's a very good question. I am looking now because i'm curious let's just look at my sent emails because that's the only way that i can tell uh, well okay my my initial reaction is definitely not okay the most i would maybe do is you know like a a, a dash or two maybe a colon in specific situations mm-hmm. i could see that but not i do not write sentences in my septic lines okay and that seems to be the kind of thing that, that seems to be true of basically every email that I also receive from work. I don't see anybody using periods to end their subject lines. Yeah. But I did look at um, my personal email and most of them don't have punctuation. I mean, if you, I'm not including like question marks or exclamation points because whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but periods, only a couple do. Two of them are from Apple, <laughs> and one of them is from some random cooking site. You dirty bastard. <laughs>